In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Lana Marathon winner is Nan Gardner of Cross Plains, Wisconsin. Nan will win a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Haley Manrique, and these are their stories. You think you know who did, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast, we'll look at an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 11, Episode 13, PC. There's an epidemic of violence in this city. Attacks of lesbians, rapes of lesbians, murders of lesbians. We watch the stats. Nothing recent to suggest an epidemic. Or even a pattern. I'm here to open your eyes. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Uh, call me Mitch, Kevin. Call me Mitch. Oh, my goodness. I think I actually have been <laughs> all this time. <laughs> Rounding out our panel is our special guest from the We're Not Together podcast, Haley Manrique. Hi, Haley. Uh, actually, it's Scott. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, tell me but what is your relationship like with law and order um law and order specifically law and order svu is the show that i've been watching the longest throughout my lifetime i started watching when i was 12 years old and i've been watching ever since and uh that's why i'm the well-adjusted adult you see today <laughs> Same. <laughs> well, you're a podcaster and an LGBT advocate, and uh, you're the only person I could ask this to. Who on SVU would make the best same-sex hookup? Ooh, I like that. Um, well, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, sp- Olivia Benson, not Mariska Hargitay, but Olivia Benson is a queer icon. I don't know if you're aware of that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Aware. <laughs> Us lesbians love her. Um, I-, I would love to see uh, a Benson Rollins scene would love to ah, see that Rollins yeah Rollins got that kind of you know I'm from the south Rollins got that like Georgia uh, thing it's kind of like I like so I'd love to see that so not Barbara and Carisi which is I I heard was a big one. Oh Barisi. yeah Barisi I kind of like that too there's there's a lot of vests in there that, <laughs> so many vests. So many vests. <laughs> so many weskets. <laughs> you have to get through a lot of vests to get to get to get through but it's worth it now, Haley, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite law and order detective team. Well, before this episode, I really wanted to say, I mean, I'm basic. I love Benson and Stabler. 
But mm-hmm. Stabler was in his worst fucking form this episode. Mm. And- this episode? <laughs> All right, keep going. <laughs> so, you know, I just really love Benson. So, I mean, pair Benson with anyone. But she's always just paired. Like, I'm with you, Rebecca. I hate Amaro, like... She's just paired with these horrible dudes all the time. So I would just love to say just Benson and and Benson. It's an acceptable answer. Benson and Benson works. Well, who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. Um, I'd have to say very much like Kathy Griffin's reaction in this episode is is how I am around Alex Cabot as well. She Yeah. I, I just love a woman with like a Strong jaw. (laughs) And also... And piercing glasses. (laughs) I'm a little afraid of her, which I like. I'm also into. So I'd say I I love Cabot. She's my girl. I love Cabot too. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? She faked her own death for fuck's sake. She's amazing. But I don't think you love Cabot the same way. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's look at the first half of this episode. SVU Season 11, Episode 13, PC. Well, thank you, street thug who steals a phone mid-selfie right in front of a cop. (laughs) Otherwise, how would we find that woman raped, bleeding, and half-dead in an abandoned building? She uses her last breath to call out for Mitch. Mitch, that's all she said? She could barely say that. Can you describe her? White female, mid-twenties, found her in an empty restaurant on West 48th. Injuries? Uh, it was hard to tell with all the blood. Slash on her neck, bruising on her thighs. Did you find a purse? ID? Neither. Uh, panties gone, too. Benson and Stabler find a pentagram written in blood on the wall. Before the assault, the room was used for a music video by thrash artist Vampire Sacrifice, <laughs> a.k.a. Trey Greenway. But the blood he used came from a blood bank. So as soon as your thoughts turn to, I wonder who that Jane Doe actually was, a gang of angry lesbians enters the squad room. Their leader, Babs Duffy, says the victim is Elisa Davies, a member of the militant group Lesby Strong. <laughs> Can't even. In the media, Babs accuses the police of turning a blind eye to a perceived crime wave against lesbians. The detectives interview Elisa's girlfriend, Sharon. She's a bouncer at a lesbian bar and has a temper problem. Sharon's ex says her pet name was Mitch, as in, my bitch. (laughs) When they attempt to question Sharon at a rally, she cold cocks Stabler and gets arrested. Okay, so the patrolmen obviously get no medical training in this universe because they ask her if, like, the victim he found is breathing, and he says, I think she's already dead. I think she's dead. (laughs) Right as she jumps up gasping for air. I mean, not even close, my friend. Not even close. Right. It's a zombie. (laughs) But what was the point of her even being alive for four seconds? Because, like, cut to the next scene and, oh, by the way, she's also dead. Because she had to say Mitch. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Otherwise, how are we going to be looking for Mitch that we think is a guy and then plot twist? She she couldn't have just, like, written Mitch on the floor and, like, her own blood or something? There was plenty of it. She had plenty of it. She could have written a whole novel. Yeah, well, we later find out that the reason that she bled out was because she was a hemophiliac, Mm. which I just think is just bad luck. Mm, Very bad luck. I also love, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, when they were interviewing the cop who found her, 
uh, Stabler said, any injuries? And the cop said, hard to tell with all the blood. <laughs> it's like, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> was she hurt? Hard to tell because she's dead. It was a heavy flow day. That's what it could have oh been. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I think the whole show could have been about this musician who thinks he's a vampire. You think? <laughs> Fucking incredible. NYPD, Trey Greenway, show yourself. Guys, single-handedly keeping Pier One in business. <laughs> I actually kind of think when we get the, uh, the the recitation of his lyrics, my note here says it's actually kind of a good poem. <laughs> Snatched off the street, yanked off my feet, loving your screams as my fangs slice your meat. The kill is the thrill. Death is my skill, draining each victim till I get my fill. And it just gets worse. <laughs> you think Ice T was like, you know. <laughs> Ice-T's like, I'm going to start my own face union page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What the hell is a face union page? Yeah, face union? They can't say Facebook? Right. Well, and also, like, let's hope this dead girl's face goes viral. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank God. Let's hope her face goes viral so someone recognizes her. Let's go back to this vampire for a second. Okay. Okay. You mean the guy who lives in the uh, an amazing Pier 1 uh, fire sale <laughs> yeah. apartment? It was a great joke. Great joke, Olivia Benson. I was going to say, the jokes in this episode about the vampire were uh, stellar. Were so stellar. You got to spend a lot of time lighting candles, you know? <laughs> so much time. I mean, even, I mean, it's, it's hard to keep your erection when you're like lighting all these candles. <laughs> I'm just going to say, you've got rooms and rooms. You got to unplug the fire alarm first and then start yeah. lighting all the candles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also apparently you forget to lock the door so the cops can walk in. And we all know everybody who has one of those like Bic like candle lighter things with a little ignition switch, like they uh-huh. all stop working after like eight times using them. So like, can you imagine he's walking on? He's like, fuck, like things yeah. stop working. Let me get another one. The flint gets pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the, the scene where where he's going into the interrogation room. He's- Wait. A vampire cannot enter a room unless he's invited. Here's your invitation. <laughs> oh my God, right? For- <laughs> I'm like, love- did the vampire have to be invited through the metal detector too? <laughs> right. I-, I love the like, first of all, as a lesbian and a vampire, I'm the only one qualified to be a guest, This the guest for this episode. But like, I love how they give a nod to like vampire rules, but it's like, why is that the only room he had to be invited in? Because also, <laughs> it's vampire lore, right? It's supposed to only be like residences. Can't vampires get into like public places? I don't know. I those, so. are, well. those are Buffy the Vampire Slayer rules, at least. <laughs> I, I think it might be because he's not really a vampire. Mm. Kevin. I think this is where... <laughs> perhaps this is where Elliot Stabler learned, got all of his vampire training for his future appearance on True Blood. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Certainly like the vampire talks down to him as human. Human. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> That's about where we had our first instance of uh, gay panic. My life is art. Well, your life is going to be prison, and it ain't going to be blood that you sucking and sing sing. That we they love to threaten prison rape to these. Oh my uh, god! Yes. Yeah. That's right. These cops love these rape cops. By the way, love threatening rape to their suspects. Right? They love it, which is in poor form in every single episode, but especially in your like trying to be LGBTQ like positive episode. Miss swing and a miss. I just love when they were interviewing the vampire dude's uh, girl, girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Benson's like, he sunk his teeth into your neck. You were screaming. In ecstasy. 
<laughs> I just love <laughs> that response <laughs> and that delivery. <laughs> it's so great. It's so good. You're the sex cops. Don't you know what that sounds like? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can't you tell the difference? <laughs> so we finally meet Babs. And do we ever? Of course, she's going to be a wise ass to everybody. <laughs> so I take it you're their leader? Oh, nothing gets by you, Curly. All I'm getting from you is your piss poor patriarchal attitude. So take it down a notch, Jack Webb. Do you know Miss Davies personally? You mean we're we lovers? Because if two lesbians know each other, then naturally, next thing they're in their bra and panties and going down like the Titanic. Is that it? <laughs> Just the name Babs Duffy. Like, you might as well have called her like Muff Diver. Von lesbian, you know what I mean? It's, it's just like, it's like they scrambled all the letters or something. <laughs> it's like Voldemort, yeah, it's like an anagram. <laughs> it's such an insane name. By the way, I just I just want to point out you referred to um the lesbians as a gang of lesbians, and a group of lesbians is actually a gaggle, Kevin. Oh, just oh. FYI. Mm. Like geese? Be a better ally, Kevin. Be Come a on, better Kevin. <laughs> Get with it, Mr. McBigPants. <laughs> how did she get picked to be their leader, for fuck's sakes? Like, how is this group of angry lesbians like, she's the one. <laughs> she's the one we want to put in charge. <laughs> she's probably the only one who fucking wants to do all that work. Yeah. Coordinate the coffee pickup. Yeah. Yeah. Open an account at the print shop. For Forget all the flyers it. that have to go up the moment you're having the rally. It's like it's too late for the flyers. Everyone's there. <laughs> we know. We're here. We made it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and the kitty corner. Yes. Um, great name for a, a lesbian On bar because as we learn from the uh, the bias crimes unit, that's a growing lesbian neighborhood. Mm. <laughs> that's right. How, how is that determined? <laughs> By looking out, and you're like, oh, look at all these lesbians here. <laughs> look at all these dykes. <laughs> so many more Subarus parked along the curb in this so neighborhood. So many Subarus. There must be a lot of lesbians. So oh, many dog, a dog walkers, park. yeah. <laughs> That's what this show would do. They'd pull out every fucking stupid stereotype you can imagine. They would just layer them on. Right. They didn't do it. They were very restrained. <laughs> Not. Yeah. Look at all these U-Hauls parked on the side of the street. There must be lesbians moving in. Oh, goodness. We multiply through cell division, so there's just one of us, and all of a sudden, we just exponentially grow. <laughs> Life finds a way. Life finds a way, yes. It's our very special guest star, Ms. Kathy Griffin. Yay! Yes! Uh, so, Kathy is a comedian and LGBT rights advocate. Uh, she says that early on in her stand-up career, uh, she started to cultivate a, a following of uh, of a gay fan base. What's the connection? You know, that's hard to say. For some reason, us gays and lesbians, we like to, we'll basically like take a straight person and then just say like, you're ours now, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, which is kind of what we did with Detective Benson. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what it is. I think Kathy tends to have a little bit more of a gay kind of fan base than than lesbian fan base, although I think... She welcomes all kinds, obviously. But I, I think that Kathy, I think, is just someone who's also just not afraid to kind of speak her mind and everything. And I think that's something that the gay community really connects with, you know, being uh, out and kind of proud of what she says, you know. And I think that that might be the 
or I could be full of shit. I don't know. Who knows? No, I, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think there's something to it, too, where she has always like very squarely painted herself as an outsider. You know, her show, My Life on the yeah. D-List. She sort of has a whole cult of personality around uh, like observing the, the real world from a, a distance, like a, a slight distance, because, you know, she's never felt like one of the in crowd. And I think there's something about that personality and that like, you know, that take that resonates, I think. I mean, that's always been what I've thought about it. Here's mm-hmm. a partial list of places that she has been banned from. Uh, the Tonight Show, The View, The Apollo Theater, uh, and Hannah Montana. <laughs> uh, the, Did she reveal the, her secret identity? Is that why? And they were like, She pulled her, her red wig back, and it, she really was somebody else completely. <laughs> uh, so she's been banned from the E-Red Carpet Show. I think it was because she she pointed she said that Dakota Fanning was about to go into drug rehab when she was 11 years old. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> CNN's New Year's Eve show. Uh, she was dropped as the spokesperson for Squatty Potty. Mm, that's hard to do. It is yeah, hard to what? do. <laughs> yeah. She uh, was nearly kicked off the Emmy Awards for when she got her Emmy Award for saying, suck it, Jesus, Mm. because Jesus didn't do anything (laughs) for her award. And she was also put on the no-fly list after her photos of holding the severed head of President Trump. So she's been kicked out of all these places. Wait, I want to okay, know. Let's be, let's be clear. That was a dummy. That was not actually the severed head of President Trump. I think that would have made bigger news if yes. it was actually the president's <laughs> severed head. But I got to know, how does she make any money when she keeps getting kicked out of places? Because <laughs> the gays keep hiring her. <laughs> oh, Come okay. On, there you, there's good money there. Okay, so let's talk about our Hey, It's That Girl that we have. Hey, It's That Girl. Can anyone identify the actress playing Rosemary, the second rape victim? There's a whole community of women here who did not have a voice until Bab spoke out. Um, isn't that Sutton Foster? Yes, Sutton Foster. You may remember her from her star-making role as Fiona from Shrek the Musical. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Okay. uh, But she plays uh, Liza, who's Hilary Duff's friend on TV Land's Younger, now going into season six. Uh, that show also stars Peter Herman, who is Mariska Hargitay's husband. Yes, there you go. <laughs> oh, Benson, come on, just come to our side. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> How about the guy playing Ronnie, the print shop guy? Anyone recognize that actor? I don't have anything against lesbians. Oh, he looks so familiar, but yeah, I couldn't. I could not place him. He's just a that. He's a hey, it's that guy. Yeah, his name is uh, Chad Danella. He is the deputy CIA director on Blind Spot, or as I know it, the one with the naked girl covered in tattoos. Yeah, we've never watched that show. (laughs) Who watches that fucking show? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know it. Somebody has. Um, (laughs) His career is is, uh, marked by the fact that he was killed in both Final Destination and Saw 7. Ooh, good for him. Yeah, you got to pay your dues (laughs) on your way up to uh, a lesbian rapist. Uh, Now, I've got a deep cut here for Hey, It's That Guy's. Rebecca, you should know this. Hmm. Do you recognize the actor playing Patrolman Sullivan, the one who chased that thief down with the cell phone? Please, please! I do not. Who was that? No. That's Scott Nicholson. Hmm. He's on your favorite show, Rebecca, Succession. Oh, really? He plays Colin, the nefarious security guy. Uh, who? Colin, you know, the <laughs> one who, like, you know, set up the whole, covered up the whole, you know, oh. 
cocaine and yes. fused car accident. Yeah, yes, yeah. he's the Ray Donovan of Succession. Yes, yes. Yeah. He's had six Law and Order Universe appearances, all his uniformed officers. In fact, here's a rundown of his, uh, his IMDb roles. You ready? Mm. So Patrolman Sullivan, Patrolman Walker, cop number one, <laughs> detective, police <laughs> officer number one, escorting officer, Mitch. U.S. Marshal, because cop, Nats, we find out that it's uniformed for. officer, cop number two, My policeman, mm, so policeman number one, first policeman, <laughs> court officer, uniformed police. I'm sorry, I don't cop, care like cop, what it's short for. I don't think you're going to hear me calling out a dude's name in bed to my lesbian girlfriend <laughs> even if it's short for something else you know yeah oh larry but here's the here's the question so we're supposed to believe that mitch is her like aggressive alter ego right she gets mean when she's mitch she maybe abuses her girlfriend when she's mitch that's what we're told right yeah mm-hmm. so why would mitch and not sharon be the person that the dying person calls out for like why aren't they calling out for sharon why do they want the my bitch at their final moments because right? he wants no the sense. avenging lesbian to oh. come and ah. get the guy who did it to her got it mm. got it don't save me but murder the guy who did this. <laughs> yeah, i would have called for an ambulance myself <laughs> yeah. you get to see the real her exactly <laughs> mild-mannered sharon at by day and super dyke by night <laughs> uh, well i mean she is she could be the hulk because you don't want to see her when she's angry. It's true. <laughs> because when she does, she punches Elliot Stabler right in his fat fucking I face. Love it. Which I was so satisfying to be honest. Fucking love it. No, no, no. You're going to talk to me this time. I'm sure to call you Mitch. It was amazing. Yeah, he's been such a douche this entire episode. It's almost as good as Kathy Griffin repeatedly calling Elliot uh, Assy McBigpants. Not as good. Not almost quite as, as good. good. I mean, look, I don't expect uh, Assy McBigpants here to catch anybody, but Benson, you seem pretty on the ball. I think we saw a little peek behind the curtain there because Chris Maloney does have kind of a big ass. He and does. I think, <laughs> I think that was Kathy making a dig against Chris Maloney rather than Babs making a dig against uh, Stabler there. <laughs> Is that why she has, she's been banned from SVU, too? <laughs> In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Now let's look at the second half of this episode. Elliot is not interested in pressing charges against Sharon, who's my bitch now, Stabler. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But she's not their suspect. The rapist has struck again, and he has a message for the lesbians who have ruined his neighborhood. I'm right here, honey. I told you to stay outside. You also said Sharon was guilty. Babs, he had a message for you. He said, tell that bitch Babs Duffy I'm coming for her next. Needing round-the-clock protection, Olivia hangs at Babs' apartment when, oh, yay! (laughs) Babs goes in for a kiss, but denied. Oh. Meantime, surveillance video from the second rape reveals the criminal has a tattoo on his hand. Now, later that night, a would-be intruder is shot in the ass by a patrol woman before he can get into Bab's window. And Sharon gets all lesby-strong and attacks him going into the ambulance. But he doesn't have a tattoo, so who is he? 
Confronted with pictures found on his phone, Babs admits he's her male lover. Mm. Benson and Stabler urge her to publicly admit that he's not the rapist, even if outing herself as bisexual will ruin her lesbian street cred. While the crowd at her rally turns on her, Stabler spots the guy with the tattoo. It's Ronnie, the local print shop operator. Ronnie admits he was trying to scare the lesbians out of his neighborhood or at least score a conversion with his persuasive dick. (laughs) A grateful Babs thanks the detectives for their work, and to show just how bi she is, she gives Stabler a fat kiss on the lips. Because if you can't be with the one you love, you may as well kiss Stabler. (laughs) Love the one with the biggest ass. (laughs) So Kevin, we have to talk about Finn's reaction to Elliot's getting punched by Mitch. What happened to him? Technical term? Punched by a chick. Sweet wisdom from Finn. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Technically, that is what happened, actually. There's, there's, yeah, there's, it's 100% truthful. <laughs> but Elliot, of course, doesn't want to report it because he's a little bitch who does not yes. want to like have in the record, for whatever reason, that a woman hit him in his beautiful little puss. I do like that Cabot called him out, though. For being a little bit. Totally. Uh, So Babs and Olivia do some emotional scissoring here, if I may say so. Uh, So first Babs says to Benson, He has the hots for you, you know. Excuse me? Stabler. No. Uh, No, that's never going to happen. Her reaction. What do we think, fans? What do we think of that reaction? Oh, it's never going to happen. Uh, I don't know. I, I think she's she's kind of silly to play dumb. Like, what? You know, like, I think she knows, just like we all know, the kind of yeah. sexual tension there. It's season 11, folks. Come on. <laughs> Benson, aren't you a fucking detective? <laughs> <laughs> and you examine sex all the time, but you kill, you still can't spot your partner's boner. <laughs> okay. She's distracted by that fat ass. Giant ass yeah, in the way. Exactly. <laughs> and she's not for the badunka dunk. I get it. I get it. So then next comes the pass. Let's get something to eat, okay? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now that's not on the menu. So mm. uh you're saying this is sort of a uh a shout out to the fans, a wink to the fans who have been putting this theory forward that maybe Benson is gay. Who's saying that? Me? Because I'm totally saying that. 100%. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> it's th- This episode was, I call, I think to think of it as a queer bait and switch. You know, it's like very, <laughs> very queer baity episode. Because I think in the previews, before they aired this episode, they actually show the kiss. Or the go in for the kiss. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And you in don't the, see it stop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um. So that that's what got all the lesbians to watch, and then and then it ended up being one of the more offensive episodes we've ever seen. Well, I, I do have a question though, because Babs uh, says that Olivia is Ellen, Joan Crawford, and Calamity Jane all rode into one. Fucking Ellen, really? <laughs> yeah, where? <laughs> I get the Joan Crawford and Calamity Jane, especially like maybe like you know with the gun or whatever, but like Ellen. Really? (laughs) I think that's just like the one lesbian that the writers knew. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, Ellen. We have a very old demographic that's up late tonight, so (laughs) let's just throw out as many lesbians as we can. We just want somebody to identify with someone, yeah. You also got to throw in a very safe lesbian like Ellen that the the old (laughs) folks can get behind, you know? They're like, 
Oh, she dances. That's right. That's right. I thought Calamity Jane was probably, you know, a good one. Who's going to be offended by a, a lesbian from the 1800s <laughs> <laughs> who had a gun? You're like Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Calamity Jane and Joan Crawford. All the old people love Pete Buttigieg, by the way. You know that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But what what the offensive part is when Olivia then has to go to Stabler and ask, "Do you ever get a gay vibe from me?" Wouldn't matter if I did. You're not answering the question. Well, it's not like you've had a lot of luck with guys. It's called being married to the job. What, what the fuck? What is that? Well, he says uh, you haven't had a lot of luck with men. <sighs> Now look, if that's the Fuck criteria, you. if that's Fuck the criteria, if that's the criteria, then Stabler, you ought to be coming out of the closet like a Murphy bed. <laughs> 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 Gotta have luck with the other sex, yeah. I'm just doing this whole lesbian thing until the right guy comes around, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm. If you can't beat him, join him, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I have a real question though. So, yeah. like, if the fans, especially the lesbian fans, wanted to watch Olivia Benson kiss a woman, and this was the bait to get them to watch us episode uh-huh. would kathy griffin be the woman that we would pick <laughs> i don't think so what about like cabot man they should have had like them you know b- you know be lesbians together that would have been hot the height difference is so profound is it yeah oh with kathy griffin with kathy, yeah, kathy griffin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they probably had her on an apple box <laughs> exactly within minutes of shooting that intruder there is already an angry mob Outside Bab's apartment, ready to tear the guy apart. You killed I want to know how did they all get there? <laughs> is there a lesbian bat signal I don't know about? This is actually the most accurate part of the episode. Okay, <laughs> the lesbian gossip train is so strong. Like I've got a les- I've got a lesbian text thread right now that if I said some, if I said you know. To the Bat Cave, they'd be here in like five minutes. <laughs> Got it. You guys don't use Face Union for that? You use text? <laughs> <laughs> Only when one of us is missing. <laughs> <laughs> We've evolved over the past 10 years, <laughs> our communication. But I think they already like brought signs and like halogen lights so that they could, you know, pro. I mean, what are they protesting? Have those signs at the ready, Kevin. Yeah, exactly. Why do you think they all drive Subarus? Because they need that lots of storage space for their signs. If they exactly. could make those signs like that, they wouldn't need the print shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that was when Kathy Griffin, uh, character Babs, says that the print shop guy is anti-lesbian because of typos and the flyers. Spoiler alert, she was fucking right. She was, was. right. <laughs> but typos are not a hate crime. All that paranoia. <laughs> it's true. Sometimes it's true, yeah. Sometimes it's yeah. true. Anytime I order some food and the order's wrong, I just look at them and I'm like, that's that's fucking homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot my sour cream, you fucking homophobe. <laughs> this is yogurt. <laughs> this is- what, what are you saying? <laughs> so they do get around to arresting Ronnie. And so the way they get him to crack is that Olivia goes into the box, and she poses as a very aggressive lesbian. That's right. To get under his skin. All us lesbians are a mistake. Except the good news is, you know how to correct us. You're wrong. But you want to make me right, don't you, Ronnie? Correct a bitch like me, grab me off of my feet, throw me onto that table, and bend me all the way over, because you've got everything you need to make me a real woman. Right between your legs. And you'd love it. I, I love this whole, like, Benson going, let me take what I've learned in this episode today <laughs> and apply it. 
leather mm. jacket, hands mm-hmm. trying to be casual, but not actually casually in my pockets. Mm. <laughs> it was so, so awkward looking. But what was interesting was Olivia's impression of an aggressive lesbian was really just Olivia Benson. <laughs> <laughs> <Because> <laughs> literally the way she interrogates everyone she's angry with. <laughs> so maybe she really does have a gay vibe after all. Hmm. An angry gay vibe, I guess. <laughs> Big hmm. Apple aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I I still don't get the motive. Ronnie is kind of like an incel, I guess, where he can't get women to date him. Mm. And so he turns violent because he realizes, well, even lesbians won't sleep with me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Dude. <laughs> Duh. But it does kind of like there is that there is that belief though, a lot of times that like lesbians you know oh you're not really you're not really gay you're just you know you're just confused or you just Mm -hmm. need the right just need the right dick you know what i mean yeah exactly it's It's not true (laughs) (laughs) i just haven't found it yet rebecca you've had no luck yeah well there are plenty of wrong dicks out there i know that (laughs) um not if you purchase them But yeah, that's why I was, you know, sure there there are bisexuals and pansexuals, demisexuals, all that's great. But I did, it was kind of annoying when there's this character presented as a lesbian character for all Mm -hmm. intents and purposes. And then all of a sudden she's like, she does. It's a kind of that idea. She finds this guy and she's like, oh, I wasn't expecting it, but turns out he's the right guy, you know? And so that's, it's it's just kind of annoying because obviously fluidity exists, but there's this belief that all lesbians have a fluidity, which is not true. Um, mm. So it's just one of those things that, that this episode, another thing this episode kind of perpetuated that was that was kind of annoying. Yeah, the fact that if she were bisexual, that that would be... A bad thing. Uh, yeah, or it would be a betrayal to But it's, uh, it's, it's both. The, people. The, the fact that she is bisexual is a betrayal of the audience and the, and the of the writers to the character, right? Right. But then also the fact yes. that lesbians would be super fucking upset and like that they, they none of them would be accepting of a bisexual friend right. is also fucking wrong. It's, it's the whole thing about it is wrong. And the fact that the yeah. writers felt like they had to make her that it's everything well, about I, this I, is I wrong. think one of the things is that we need to kind of like not like her. I mean, I think we like her because she's funny. But the downside, but we we learn like, yeah, she's all about lesbians, but she's not helping gay men. She's not helping transgender. It's just right. about lesbians. So that way, when it's she's not just a lesbian anymore, we're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's probably tough on her. Yeah, <laughs> she figures out empathy once once everyone starts shitting on her. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, you're right, Rebecca. It's kind of like it's a twofold. It's double-sided offensive. <laughs> it's like, not only are you writing this character who you present as a lesbian and then kind of show this this fluidity um, that kind of perpetuates the idea that all lesbians are fluid, but then to show the reaction of all her other lesbians <laughs> saying, you betrayed us that's just yeah. because that's right. she's bisexual. I mean, that's, you know, it. that's the whole, like, man-hating Yes, angry dyke stereotype, which which all the cops in this squad basically say over and over and over again, a bunch of pissed off dykes, a bunch of like, it's like, yeah, you're basically like underlining that for us. Thank you very much, because we needed that education on the gays. That's what we needed. 
we straight people. <laughs> right, right. Thank you again for Les explaining to us, Dick Wolf. <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. All right, now take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Rip from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines. Plot points in this episode were inspired by the social and political movement referred to as radical lesbianism or separatist lesbianism. Developed during the 50s and 60s, radical lesbianism grew out of the view of some activists that the mainstream feminist movement only represented the concerns of heterosexual women. Betty Friedan, the author of The Feminine Mystique and first president of the National Organization of Women, famously declared that lesbians should stay out of the equal rights movement. Stung by this rebuke, lesbian activists set out to form their own ideology. But radical and separatist lesbianism can have different philosophies and goals. Some activists strive to bridge the gap with feminists to better represent lesbians. Others want to break from a political system that they see run by a heteropatriarchy. Today, the radical lesbianism movement is active in the US, Canada and Europe. Okay, so again, as the straight white male member of the patriarchy, this yes, discussion is obviously going to make me look bad. <laughs> okay, so tell me, Haley, what is your take on radical lesbianism as a political philosophy? I, I tend to dislike any marginalized group that uh, that excludes any other marginalized group. I mean, I think we should all uh, band together against straight white men. <laughs> <You know? laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I, d- I don't really like the idea of excluding another another minority. Um, I-, I get kind of feeling the sting of saying, you know, lesbians uh, shouldn't be involved in the feminist movement. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if that ex- exists as much anymore. I think, I think typically feminists nowadays it include members of the LGBTQ. But, you know, there's always those those pockets of people like I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with TERFs. Um, I am. Yes. I was yeah. going to ask you about that. Yeah. So that uh, for your listeners who aren't aware, that stands for trans exclusionary radical feminists. And those are um, often like lesbians or feminists who exclude um, trans women from the feminist conversation or feminist inclusion, uh, which I think is just another very old school way of thinking that I think is kind of dumb and stupid and 
something I don't support and I don't think people should. I don't think any minority or marginalized group should kind of punch down on any other marginalized group. You know, I think that, again, I think we're stronger together. I think we could be empathetic towards each other, even if we're not the same. I think we can all be kind of empathetic to the struggles we all face, you know. I I understand like the political movement goes back 50, 60 years, but I have to say from a branding perspective, radical lesbianism sounds like the kind of thing that opponents would tag it. That's right. That because it sounds threatening. That's right. Right. Am I wrong? And I mean, is that it does that even matter? Maybe for some, that's the point. Yeah, it's hard to say, because I think that also the opposition can take kind of anything and make it kind of mean something negative. You know, like you see like Antifa, right? Like people mm-hmm. are like, oh, that sounds dangerous. And really, it's just anti-fascism. You know, it's not necessarily it doesn't sound threatening, but it's kind of made to sound that way in the same way when people call us like call me like a SJW, like a social justice warrior. I think that sounds cool, but it's kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's kind of meant to be like an insult in a way. That's yeah, right. that's right. It's like the people that came up with feminazi. Right. Uh, you know, right. we come up with this term, but I think the members of that political uh, movement sort of claimed it for themselves and right. they, you know, they lean into it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of this, um, and you can correct me if you think that I'm wrong because you are our token lesbian for the purposes <laughs> of this conversation. Um, but Way to I, be an ally, Rebecca. <laughs> no, yeah, but I, I, think that, uh, <laughs> I think that, I think that, is as much as like the turf stuff I think is bad and this idea of like the marginalized radical exclusion of other minorities and the and for your own cause thing is bad. I got to say when it comes to lesbians I kind of fucking get where the anger would come from because there is sort of like a skip over effect that I think does have to do with the perception that lesbians are lesbians by choice. That mm-hmm. seems to pervade the culture. It has certainly happens in this episode. We've talked about the Kathy Griffin thing. Like she can just choose. She's just choosing to be a lesbian because she hasn't found the right man or whatever. And certainly like porn doesn't help with this like uh, <laughs> pop culture idea that. Like, oh, I'm OK with that. Because <laughs> you're disgusting. <laughs> that, 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 you know, that like, you I know, know a lot about lesbians. That, like, I a, tell you. a completely straight woman can be turned just like if her husband marries the hottest stepdaughter imaginable. <laughs> kind of like. <laughs> situation i mean I, I do kind of fucking get where the anger comes from you know what i mean i, I yeah. get it even I, I think that mm-hmm. you know sort of acting on it and creating a group that marginalizes other minorities is not great obviously but like i do fucking get it if i were a lesbian i'd be pissed i'd be pissed like so much of the time yeah and you know who they'd be pissed at fucking feminists so who's woke now rebecca <laughs> Way to just think about yourselves, you heteronormal women. <laughs> Rebecca, I have one last question for you. Yeah. Which of these militant groups hmm. would Serena Sutherland belong to? <laughs> Is it because she's a lesbian? Apparently so. She's got to pick a side. Oh, we know she's a big apple aggressive. We just know it. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us. I want to thank our guest, Haley Manrique. Haley, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, yeah, you can find my podcast, We're Not Together, with Zach and Haley. Um, basically, anywhere you find podcasts, uh, it's just me and my gay friend, Zach, gay-splaining queer culture to straight people. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Not Together Podcast and on Twitter at Not Together Cast. And Rebecca, how can our listeners follow you? You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Reb Lavoy. And you can track me at Mitch. <laughs> I mean, at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. 
Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoy. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. Get your first month free at stitcherpremium.com slash crime. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. If you want to know what episodes we're talking about in our upcoming shows, go to lawandorderpodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the Bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.